Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Lessons and Letters podcast. And I always say that I'm so excited for the guests that are on, but today I am just especially excited. So without dragging it out and leaving you wondering, um, I'm so honored to have Beth from Blessed Is She on the podcast today. And for those who don't know, Blessed Is She is the most amazing ministry that literally does it all. They um, have retreats, they have devotionals, they have a podcast, Bible study, they have a shop, a blog, literally anything you can think of, they have it. And if you know me, you know how much I love Blessed Is She. Like seriously, you'll walk into my room and I have like a fat stack of all things Blessed Is She, which um, has been amazing and transformative in my life. Um, And all this to say, um, the way that Blessed Is She impacts women is incredible. they do it with grace and just with such love of the Lord. So I'm so excited to have you on today, Beth. Hey, Marie, thanks for having me. And gosh, thanks for your kindness. Thank, that really um, touched my heart and kind of bumped me up. Thank you. I love what we do love too. Um, so it really, it means a lot um, just to see the the fruits of the ministry, you know, in your life, in your heart. So Thanks for sharing that. It touches so many people. And I think probably the coolest thing I think about it personally is um, I just graduated college and it's like affecting so many college students around me. My Bible study, we actually just went through uh, Misericordia from the Blessed Conversations. Yeah. And um, it's so funny because I told my aunt that I was having a conversation with you and she's like, oh my gosh, what? That is crazy. So it's like you are reaching a whole span of women, which I personally just look up to and think is so amazing. And I I hope we can get into that. And Mm -hmm. I know that I'm just going to leave having so many gold nuggets from you all. Um, But before we get into all the good stuff, I asked this question at the beginning of every podcast, and it just kind of reminds me that we're all human. And as much as I might look up to you and all the things that you do, um, Beth, you're also human and we all do (laughs) really crazy things. So the question I want to ask you is what is your most embarrassing story? Okay. I, I can feel myself already getting red actually thinking <laughs> about this. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's my most embarrassing moment, but a recent embarrassing moment comes to mind. We, uh, just came back from taking these revival nights on the road. They're worship events where we do adoration and confession and a little talk and just get to be with the community in the flesh. It's the best. And uh, we were um, in an unnamed city. I won't say which. <laughs> and uh, we had a wonderful new chaplain who, you know, I hadn't met before, but he was kind enough to be a part of the revivals for us. So he on um, on Friday night was doing the Eucharistic procession. And you know, I, I kind of wanted to ease him into how we do things and, and be as helpful as I could. So before the night I offered, I said, Father, um, you know, there are different ways that, that we can kind of keep track of time, right? As he's taking this like beautiful moment with um, our Eucharistic Lord, like encountering every woman face to face. So I said, I don't know if you want to wear a watch, if you're comfortable checking that, or if you have a clock in the church. I've also like knelt in the back in the center and had priests ask me the time as they walked by, like, I'm happy to do anything yeah. to help. And he said, Oh no, I'm good. I, I think I, I think I've got it. I was like, okay, great. So I was kneeling in the back in the center, which is just where I ended up that night. And uh, it's very beautiful for me to get to see the women and, and kind of intercede in a special way. And, and I was really having a moment 
with the Lord <laughs> as, as he was, uh, father was processing back with um, Jesus in the monstrance. And I was looking right at Jesus, just like pouring out my heart. My face is like all contorted with tears, you know, and I'm like, just very deeply relating this like painful thing to the Lord. Um, and it took me a minute, Avery, but as I'm like looking at the Lord crying, Father, I realize is like out to the side of the monstrance looking at me saying, what time is it? What time is it? And he just kept saying it, but I was like, you know, just covered in tears and it was mortifying, Avery. I, of course, I didn't know what time it was. I had to like come out of my moment with the Lord and like tap my phone and then I'm pretty sure I had oh. to say it twice, but I was like, yeah, just so <laughs> embarrassed. So oh embarrassed. my gosh. Um, that, that is something else. And I feel like that honestly just can tell us even more about God's humor. It's unparalleled. Like totally. <laughs> I love that. And, um, wow, something you just said, this wasn't even one of the questions I had, but actually kind of sparked something. Um, I feel like a lot of times for me, even when I'm in church or just like really connected to the Holy Spirit or talking to our Lord, um, I will just like naturally like start crying, whether it's something like Mm. painful or not. And that's something I wrestled with. Like I'll be in church, like Mm. pinching myself, trying to tell myself not to cry. And Mm. I've talked to a lot of girls who feel like a similar I guess I would call it a gift where like you just feel so consumed with the Lord and there's just like a way you want to express it and, or whether it's like something you're going through and you're just like crying with God. Um, Mm. Is this something that you could speak on and like letting this just happen naturally? Because while we have like an invisible God, sometimes it kind of feels weird to be expressing all these emotions, maybe to someone who isn't um, like, in a faith community. So can you kind of speak on how you came to terms with this and just letting it happen naturally? Gosh, what a beautiful question. You have a very beautiful heart, Avery, that you respond to the Lord so uh, authentically. It, you know, it is a little embarrassing kind of in the natural sense, like people are around, you don't want to make noise you don't know what other people are thinking about it. And I find that I do that too. I kind of try to like quiet myself or like rein it in. But I read something recently that has really blessed me about tears, the gift of tears, as you described, because it is absolutely a gift from God. Um, It's a a book called The Way of the Disciple written by Erasmo Levamerikakis. And in it, he says that anytime there are tears in prayer, it's evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives because from the beginning, the spirit hovered over the waters. Wow. I have chills. Yeah. I never put two and two together. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, when you're moved in that way, it's because the Holy Spirit is moving you. And um, he he makes this beautiful connection between... um, water and and soil I think the whole first chapter is called becoming wet clay and that's just the desire of my heart to become wet clay in the hands of the father day after day that he could mold me and make me any way he wants and I think oftentimes tears are that water that softens us and opens us makes it possible for the Lord to mold us 
So yeah. Wow. That is so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That wasn't even one of the questions that I had thought of, but I'm so glad that I asked you and what an amazing response. Cause I was always curious, like, is this a gift from God? Like I, of course, if it is, I don't want to like suppress this. I don't want to keep pinching myself in church. So I don't make others feel uncomfortable, but wow, what a beautiful um, analogy that the Lord is molding us. That is awesome, Beth. Well, and you know, Avery, I think your tears are such a witness to people. Uh, Again, I know there's kind of that embarrassing aspect and I have felt it too, but, but you have a living personal relationship with God, an intimate relationship. So of course your heart is responding intimately and that's going to feel vulnerable at times in prayer, but yeah, don't let anything stop you from, from that vulnerability. That's, that's the best prayer is when we can just kind of lift the veil. Right. And Mm -hmm. think about like the woman in, uh, oh gosh, in the gospels, I can't, I was going to tell you chapter and verse, but, um, who stands behind the feet of Jesus weeping Mm -hmm. and, and washes his feet with her hair. That's what you're doing. When you give the Lord your tears, you're really ministering to his heart. You're you're showering your love on him with your tears. So, yeah. Wow. That is so beautiful. And I love that you just brought up, um, the women at the foot of the cross. Um, because I'm curious just since starting this ministry, um, I, I'm wondering what you've learned about women, especially encountering so many different types um, of women and like kind of the desires of our heart and what we struggle with. Um, I read a book about just how God created women's souls so differently than men in such a beautiful way um, that complement each other. But I'm curious, what have you learned that women truly long for? What did yeah. God put in our heart? Great question. Um, I do just want to make a little caveat that I did not start Blessed Is She. Jenna Gilar started Blessed yes. Is She, but I, I came along pretty early. I, I came on as a writer just about two years into the ministry, but I've, I've been full-time for five years next month. And I was a writer for a year before that. So I have, I have met and prayed with and talked to many, many women, all ages, all stages of life. And I think this is really the beauty of Blessed Is She and really a secret that people don't always comprehend looking at Blessed Is She. They don't understand how it can truly be for all women. Um, but it's, it's precisely because of what you just said, Avery, that he made uh, the heart of a woman in a particular way. And we all have that feminine soul. We all have a heart that is desiring love to be loved and to give love. Um, and that's really the feminine genius. I think that's, that's how um, our love and the Lord's love of us is really expressed is particularly, I think, in our receptivity. And so for me, which I'm grateful for this question, because I think it's the first time I'm even articulating it, but I think a lot of the work in the spiritual life with the Lord is this healing of our receptivity, that we don't have to go after things, that we don't have to make things happen for ourselves, provide for ourselves. We don't have to muscle through um, pain. 
woundedness, trauma, right? That, um, that the Lord's heart is, is to heal and to be with us, with us, you know, Emmanuel, God with us intimately in every aspect of our lives, past, present, and he will be in the future. Um, so I think there's a real healing that has to happen in order for us to truly embrace our feminine identity, which, which is to say, to be able to receive the love, the pure love of Jesus, and to be able to respond in love. Wow. That's, that's so beautiful. And actually that kind of answers the follow-up question I was going to say is how does God perfectly and infinitely fill these desires of our heart? Because Mm -hmm. I'll be vulnerable. I know that one thing I struggle with is like wanting to be seen and like wanting Mm -hmm. to be loved in a certain way. And I I'll be honest, like I will look, I have looked in so many different places, um, whether that's like social media or like a relationship or, um, an accolade or something like that. And it might be gratifying for just a second, but I have realized in through a very painful way that it really is only God who fills this desire because God's the one who put it there ultimately. Right. So I just loved um, that explanation that you gave and it makes more sense why we are the way we are. Yeah. And I just want to say, Avery, me too. (laughs) Me too. I want to be loved perfectly. I want to be seen for who I really am and cherished in that seeing because a lot of people see us, right? But um, to be seen in that tender, it's the look of love. Mm-hmm. right? It's, it's the look of love when Jesus encounters the rich man who's not willing to give it all up, but says Jesus looking at him, loved him. I, I want that look of love. And I chase that too, in, in all the same ways and in other ways that you described. Um, so I just want to say you're not alone in that, but yes, to bless your desire to be loved because it is the Lord who wrote that desire upon our hearts, which means that it can and it will be satisfied in him. That's not to say these other, um, like the true, the good and the beautiful in the world won't bring joy, won't be sources of love, but ultimately they're all glimpses. They're all pointing to the ultimate experience of love and union that we're longing for, which is Mm -hmm. heaven, which is even here on earth, which we can experience in, in an intimate relationship with Jesus in prayer. Right. So I was going to ask, how do you start encountering like the fullness of this love? Um, I know that especially in my generation, we struggle so much and I know other generations do too, is this instant gratification. And I've had this conversation so many times with my peers is how like, going to church and like receiving the sacraments, like we're not guaranteed a feeling. Um, And a lot of times our feelings lie to us too. So I'm just curious, like in what ways have you encountered God's love just personally? Gosh, Avery, you're very wise. Um, Yeah. You must have a very beautiful relationship with the Lord to have learned so much. Um, You are so kind. I I told you this, I, I'm very naturally like introverted and probably more introspective. And like, mm-hmm. I really feel like I give all of this to God because yeah. um, I, I couldn't do it. It's, it's definitely God's mm-hmm. gift. So thank well, you for saying for that. Good. But yeah. It is. It's, 
it's a real blessing to to chat with you. Um, okay, how how do we receive love? How do we encounter this intimate, personal love of Jesus? How have I? Yeah, just personally. Yeah. Well, you know, one of my favorite things to say <laughs> recently, because it's just been so true in my life, is that prayer is a long game. It's a long game. We we so want answers. We want understanding. We want intimacy and consolation and comfort in the moment. And the Lord is with us, which is primarily, it really is all that we need. Mm-hmm. But in our humanity, we do desire more. We, we want to see on a, from a natural plane, you know, what the Lord is, is up to. Um, and so I just want to encourage you and, and anyone listening to just persevere in mm-hmm. prayer, to keep coming back, to keep honestly relating your heart to Jesus, not just praying prayers, not trying to shine it up. And, and say something or be further along than you are, right? Even if your desire is for like this greater holiness and surrender, that's great. But if you're in a lot of pain, tell Jesus that. If you want to get married, tell Jesus that. If you are desiring healing in this area, tell him like, I'm aching. This hurts, God, help me. Um, and just that's to good. keep, just to keep coming back because he he is speaking and healing and loving all along the way but sometimes just in our woundedness we're not able to see what he's doing he he does things it's an image i like of um a river right and if you just look at the top of the river there's there's this current that um is so powerful and it's moving so fast and that's kind of our lives but if you can if you can get down below the current and like catch that that flow beneath that's really where the lord is he's not up here in all of the chaos and so we have to continually daily dip down like get below you know yeah that is dip so good below. yeah just to to kind of find the rhythm and and find god's voice because it's not often in the chaos of the moment. That's why it's imperative that we develop um, a habit of silence, a taste for silence, that we can kind of disengage from the world and from just the cares of everyday life, which are many uh, to, to really tune into God's voice. So for me, um, I say it's a long game because it's been a long game in my life you know, but I, by God's grace, I kept showing up. I kept going to confession. Um, I got a holy hour. Then there were seasons I went every day, you know, to mm-hmm. Eucharistic adoration. Um, I'm now finally, thank God, praise God. He's invited me to go to daily mass. And that has been life-changing for me. And I look back at Beth like 10 years ago and I'm like, you could have gone to daily mass 10 years ago, but I wasn't ready. The mm-hmm. Lord grew me all of that time. Um, and that's not to say that daily mass has to wait. It was just in, you know, God's yeah. gracious will for me. This is how, this is how it worked. So I, I just, I appreciate so much. And I, I relate so much to your saying about a feeling of the sacraments, but I, I almost want to say like drown yourself in the sacraments 
and not that we're after feelings, but the, the, the feeling of God's presence and the absolute confidence of his love and his mercy and his healing will come because that will become your reality. Life in Christ, your life hidden with Christ will become your reality more than the chaos of like the current or the waves up above. You're, you're down here in the peace, just totally immersed in sacramental grace and in this intimate relationship with Jesus. I've used wow. a lot of words, but if I can just, if I can just encourage the way that I most deeply, most consistently receive the love of Jesus is in Eucharistic adoration. Do whatever you have to do to make a commitment to a holy hour every week. And and it might feel fruitless. It might feel dry. You might not know what to do the whole hour. Don't worry. Don't panic. Just play the long game and keep showing up. Oh, that is so good. And so much to unpack there. I, I appreciate your vulnerability and really everything that you just said. And, um, gosh, I was listening. It was actually a podcast, um, that you put out and you were like, prayer isn't magic. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that's good. Like you can't just pray. I mean, God, he can do anything, but you can't just pray a novena and expect that like some type of magic is going to happen. And I was like, gosh, I needed that. Um, mm-hmm. and I Me also, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved, um, what you said about bringing everything to the Lord, like your desires, your suffering, your hurt, like it doesn't have to be this perfect hail Mary, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that somebody told me is like, that I've been trying to practice when it comes to silence. Cause I am, I'll be the first to, I'm not good at, um, just having silence. Like, I feel like I always need a podcast or music or someone to talk to, um, to fill, to fill uh, any type of gap, but, um, is imagining Jesus in like the shotgun seat and just talking to him as if he was a friend. And I think that's been such a good practice for me because ultimately God wants that loving relationship with us too. And, um, I just think that's so beautiful. Everything that you're saying about bringing whatever it is to God and telling him and Eucharistic adoration is another thing too. How beautiful and what a gift from God. So thank you for all those gold nuggets, Beth. Avery, were you saying you like experience silence in the car with Jesus actually in the car shotgun or you're just imagining that in prayer? Yes. Avery, I refer to my car as like another chapel totally I just want to affirm like take advantage we spend so much time in the car take advantage of that time in the car to be with the Lord um don't fill it mm-hmm. yeah which is a real temptation you it know is. to put on a podcast or you know I can even be tempted to like get in a get in a rosary right mm-hmm. but if I can just be with him if I can become aware of the reality that God is already with me he is already in the car. He is in, in me um, and kind of tap in again, like dip down under that current to, to connect with him and just be with him in silence. That's everything. Mm, so, so good. Um, and honestly, this kind of leads into one of the next questions I have um, in the Blessed She Planner, the liturgical, I love that it has the whole liturgical um, year led by the litany of trust and something that was wrote in this planner was this year, I want to learn to trust with total abandon. And Mm -hmm. I was just curious kind of what that means. Yeah. 
I'm pretty sure that was that in the letter that Jenna wrote. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Boy, she's just been on this like really beautiful journey with the Lord of um, utter dependence. That's what the catechism calls it. Um, like this childlike abandonment to the father. And um, I think trust can feel really abstract, right? It, it's a virtue that I think we all aspire to, but that we're all not very good at, or I should say many of us are not very good at. Um, but I, I think where it happens is in relationship. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually think it happens in honest conversation with the Lord, most of all, because this is, is something I used to kind of have guilt when I, you know, was ungrateful or angry at God or, you know, would throw like a tantrum in prayer. And then I would kind of feel this like guilt or shame, like, oh, did I overstep? Like God is so worthy and so holy. And I'm talking to him like, you know, this, Yeah. Um, but the Lord was just so kind to me. One time he, he showed me that when I trust him with my anger, with my disappointment, with my tears, that I'm actually telling him that I trust the relationship. Mm-hmm. I trust that no matter how I show up in this relationship, he's not going to leave me. He's not going to abandon me. Um, that there's nothing I could show him, um, you know, in the depths of my soul, in my sin, or even like the words of my mouth, there's nothing I could do to drive him away. He'll always mm-hmm pursue me. He's always with me. And so for me, it doesn't feel like I'm answering your question, but I actually believe that's the heart of it is that if we want to trust God with total abandonment, we have to trust him in every aspect of our lives. And I think the key to that is, is just honest conversation, honestly relating our heart to the Lord about everything big and small even what we find kind of insignificant and yet it's kind of nagging us when we bring that to him and we, we let him show us his heart, his concern for us and for our lives. I think then we learn who he is and Mm. then we can trust him. Mm. What, when you're saying that something that's coming to my head is just agape love, agape love. Mm. And, um, wow, just like a beautiful picture of this unconditional love that God has for us. Um, what a gift that is. Yeah, it really is. We have to learn that though every day. I feel like, yeah, I'm only just now starting to trust his love, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Most for years, I feel like every time it's been like, okay, wow, you came through for me. You loved me this time but I would still kind of show up suspicious or disappointed or just lacking hope ultimately is the virtue. I think that I was missing, um, that God could love me. That's so good. That really is. And, um, one question that I am just so excited to ask you, and I know that we don't have much time left because zoom keeps reminding me is, uh, <laughs> I, in my mind, um, blessed is she has brought me so much community. I mean, your studies have brought me and a group of girls together and, oh my gosh, it's been the biggest blessing. It literally makes me tear up. And, um, Mm -hmm. I know that one of your big pillars is community. 
And so I'm just curious, what advice do you have for young girls who are struggling to find these fruitful friendships? Yeah, that's a great question. Gosh, just your tender heart, Avery, really (laughs) touches me. Um, You know, two things. I have gone through seasons where I've just been aching for friends. And so the first thing I would say is to pray for friends. Just ask God for friends. He might kind of unveil for you people who are already in your life that you need to reconnect with or lean in with. He, he might bring someone into your path, um, but start intentionally praying for godly friends and pray for the friends that you do have. Um, and then secondly, and this one, it's kind of, it's harder, I think, um, but to just take, take risks with people. Um, we do this monthly night of like mass and adoration and confession. We have one tonight, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, I was chatting with these two gals and I had had private conversations with both of them, but the three of us ended up in the parking lot kind of all, you know, like vibing. We were just yeah. like all really connecting. It was so beautiful. And I was like, you guys should be friends. And they were like, oh, okay. Uh, how would we, I was like, well, you could follow each other on social media you could like dm each other and one I think didn't have social media so I said well you could it just exchange phone numbers maybe get coffee and that's a risk right yeah yeah but but to just ask somebody like hey would you ever want to get coffee um I think if that even feels too scary to even just say like uh how is mass like was there a grace at mass or what's going on in prayer you know just a a question about faith Mm -hmm. that could deepen a friendship um to make it a faith friendship but those little risks for community I think bring about community oh I like that the little risks bring about community that's so good and I think so many times we get caught up in our own head and thoughts about like what what's going to happen like what's the worst case scenario and really there's not yeah there is risk but like at the end of the day um that community is so important and I have even in my own life realized that like when you start saying yes to god-sized dreams like you need that community, um, especially that faithful community and the one who are going to be like your, your prayer warriors, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that's so cool. And I just know personally, if someone ever was like, Hey, do you want to get coffee or do you want to chat? Like that is an honor. And so I love that you gave that encouraging advice just to ask, like, it's that simple. We did this really cool challenge in the spring called communion and coffee. And we just invited women in the Blessed She community to, to text a friend, call a friend and invite her to go to daily mass and then get coffee after. Wow. It's like the best of both worlds. It's everything that Blessed She is really prayer yeah. and community. But anyway, borrow that if, if you're looking for that something to so do. That is so good. Yeah. Communion and coffee. Right. And then there's, there can be good conversation after too. So it like literally sets totally. you up perfectly. I love that. Yeah, you have a shared experience. So now you, 100%. Can, you can chat about that. I love it. Um, So the way that I end this podcast, um, hence the lessons and letters podcast is I ask for you to give a lesson and a letter. So a lesson is more of like a quote or a Bible verse or just like something short that you live by a little tidbit you want to give away. And then a letter is a little bit more long winded and has Mm -hmm. like an encouraging note to it. Yeah. So lesson for me would probably be my life verse, which is Romans eight twenty eight, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. And it's a lesson that I am always learning. 
um, that the Lord is faithful to that word in my life, that mm. no matter the challenge, no matter the adversity, no matter the suffering, um, that he'll make it work together for my good and for his glory ultimately. Um, so I really like stake my life on that word from the Lord. Um, and, and I just want to say that's for you too, Avery, and that, that's for every woman listening. The word of God is a promise to you and Romans 8.28 is your promise as much as it's mine. Wow. That's so beautiful. I love it. It's a good one. Yeah. It's, it's brought me a lot of peace in the yeah. midst of suffering that mm. all things work together for good. Yeah. Even if I can't see it. It's under um, the current. It's under the current. Totally. Avery. Yes. You have <laughs> to like, you have to catch that rhythm. It's a, mm-hmm. it's almost like to use another analogy, like God's voice, the Holy spirit, it's like another frequency. And it's like, we're kind of tuning around on like radio stations, but we've got to get like a different frequency to hear the voice of God. He's mm-hmm. not He's not going to reveal himself in the same way. He uses things of of the world, our senses and, you know, billboards and songs on the radio. But, but if you want to like really tune into his frequency or like dip down under that current silence, adoration, prayer. Yeah. So good. And then I think for my letter, and it is a little bit long, but I'll, I'll try to read it quickly. There's a letter that mother Teresa wrote. Um, I hope no one's used this before, but it, it really deeply touches me. It's a letter she wrote to her community, and it was um, really the first time that she unpacked for for her sisters um, this this vision, this grace that God had given her. I don't know some fifty plus years earlier, before she founded the Missionaries of Charity, and her whole theology of um, of the thirst of Jesus. And understanding Jesus's cry from the cross, I thirst, is kind of here in a portion of this letter. So I want you to hear this from Mother Teresa to you. Jesus wants me to tell you again how much love he has for each one of you beyond all you can imagine. I worry some of you still have not really met Jesus one-to-one, you and Jesus alone. We may spend time in the chapel, but Have you seen with the eyes of your soul how he looks at you with love? Do you really know the living Jesus, not from books, but from being with him in your heart? Have you heard the loving words he speaks to you? Ask for the grace he is longing to give it. Until you can hear Jesus in the silence of your own heart, you will not be able to hear him saying, I thirst in the hearts of the poor. Never give up this daily intimate contact with Jesus as the real living person, not just the idea. How can we last even one day without hearing Jesus say, I love you? Impossible. Our soul needs that as much as the body needs to breathe the air. If not, prayer is dead. Meditation, only thinking. Jesus wants you each to hear him speaking in the silence of your heart. Gosh, I could go on, but wow, that that is so beautiful. And wow, Mother Teresa and God, they are up to something today because that is literally what our conversation was all about today. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Wow, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This was so amazing, Beth. And um, I'm just big on 
affirming the gifts that people have. And Beth, you have such an amazing gift at like making people feel at peace. And the way you write is so beautiful and um, you bring so much glory to God. And I wanted to affirm you in that. So thank you so much for being here today, Beth. Avery, thanks. God bless you. It's been a real joy for me too. I'm so glad to meet you. Thanks for all you do. Oh my gosh, of course. And I am just counting down the days till Blessed She um, Rise Revivals comes to Columbus. <laughs> Me too. Well, it will Hopefully. be Rise, but another revival. Yeah, okay. in Jesus' name. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> well, thank you, Beth, again. Thanks, Avery.